Your love of football. No, just like my love of all um, fake sports. As you were burying me on your podcast the other day, because it took us 16 minutes to... No, no, I wasn't burying you. It was... I know, I'm kidding. It was more my stupidity Mm -hmm. and my frustration in regards to setting this thing up. The great and sight the fact that, that you... I was so frustrated from it within like two seconds of us recording the main show, I swore. That's what I wanted to ask you because I know uh, when we did the opening of the show last week, the main and this show. This is the show, by the way. This is Longbox Heroes After Dark, episode two forty-seven. I had a feeling because we I did the intro. And I, as I've become, after 10 years of doing the podcast, the last three intros I've done have been flawless. Ooh. So as I did it, and then I hit, I hit the part where I mentioned the, the something's coming back and I whispered and I forgot that like whispering is one of your, one of your uh, triggers. That's true. And I was like, I was like, yes. And it's the return of something Joe loves. And you were like, son of a fucking bitch. And I'm like. Did I wait a minute? Is that for me because I whispered, <laughs> <laughs> or is that for the is that for the pigskin pickums, or a little from column A and a little from column B? <laughs> I think it was be, I think it was because the frustration of doing the pigskin pickums and how convoluted, needlessly convoluted of a system it is. One right, and then the subconscious trigger of you doing the whispering in a podcast. Okay. Because I love the whisper. As much as all the other ones I try not to do that yeah. are your triggers, um, like, to me, it, 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 will, it will always be funny for the, I have a little bit of a tax problem. You know what I mean? Like, like Homer doing that, I have emulated that my entire life. And, and, that's, and that's the thing. There's, there's vocal tics and cues and things like that that are fine in regular human personal conversations. Mm-hmm. Podcasts are not regular human conversations, right? You know, you have to think because you got me. You got me talking about it now. I know, and we have is, so much to cover. But go ahead. Is when people do that whisper thing on the podcast, you're 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 in someone's ear. You have headphones on or earbuds on or whatever it is, because that's typically how people listen to podcasts. So now you're. Your your levels are swinging wildly because you're talking, and then this whisper comes in, and maybe they're like, "Did I miss something?" And they're rewinding, and then they're changing the volume, and then if you come in hot after you whisper, you're gonna blow someone's ears out, and it's just like it's right. frustrating. But like I said, I more do the the gravelly loud whisper mm-hmm. of the like, you know, I think he's talking to you, right? And that's a good one. Mm-hmm. I like that one. Right, so that's more. I, but I was just curious because I was like, I'll have to ask him about that. And then we didn't see each other at the shop because we've been we had that falling out. We've been avoiding each other for two weeks. So. <laughs> yes, well, falling out vacation and then falling out having to get my books early because I had to go get my hairs cut. That's right, on your back or your head. Oh, <laughs> listen, they shave my back and I walk up the door and it just pops in. It's like Homer's five o'clock shadow. If we're not talking about the Simpsons already too goddamn much as the show starts. Right, right. But vacation this is going to come up with something that you mentioned on uh, Twitter earlier this week. Right. And that is in regards to is this your first experience with paper straws? 
Yes, like cardboard tube straws, paper mm-hmm. straws. I'm not sure like if there's various different ones. I got mine at Wegmans when I went to get one of their classic Wegmans hoagies. Not a sponsor, but they should be. I would it's good it's a good hoagie. Mm-hmm. So those straws are the are the mission impossible instructions of straws. What? Oh yes, yes. In in that yes, do do they function as a straw? Yes. Do mm-hmm. they get the beverage or liquid from the cup to your mouth? Yes. Are you on a timetable now before the straw disintegrates? Absolutely. Yes. And I went and I got I got the straw in the paper wrapper. So uh-huh. I went up, I got my I got my turkey hoagie, by the way. That's what I always get at Wagman's. And I decided to splurge for the everything bread. I've never Whoa. had that. So it was all right. It, it was all right. It's not like an everything bagel. Like, that had a lot of everythings on it. This had the bread with some of the everythings on top. So I was like, there was not a lot of the everythings taste. But I got that. I got, and I'm like, oh, okay. They have the combo. They had, with turkey, they had uh, the blue ran- uh, the Cool Ranch Dorito chips there. And I'm like, all right, whenever I get a turkey hoagie, I like Cool Ranch Doritos. So I'm going to make it a combo. Uh, and I'll eat it here instead of taking it home. And they're like, you get a soda. So I get the soda. I pick up the straw and it's heavy. And I'm like, oh, like they have the McDonald's straws or something. You know how the McDonald's straws have heft? Yeah. They're like the big plastic straws. And I start tapping it down. And I'm like, something's wrong. Like this doesn't feel right. And I'm like, oh, and that's the first time I've ever seen one of those cardboard straws. And to me, they have a taste too. It's like, a different feel. It's definitely a different, ex- oh, it's a different, it's a different, Different a, mouth experience. There is a different texture than the smooth plastic straw. Mm-hmm. This has like grain to it. And as I'm doing it, like as it goes, like you said, yes, it turns into like, you know, those cheap lollipops you get at the bank. Like after a while, the 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 stick, if you chew on the stick after you have the lollipop, it starts to get that wet, like, like ew feeling. And I'm like, I don't. I don't. I don't like this. I. I don't care about the fucking environment. Give me my regular straw. I don't got kids. I don't care if the seas rise up. I can take my comics to the second floor. So, while I was on vacation two weeks ago, all the places there on the Rehoboth Beach boardwalk are all paper straws. Right? right. They have all these things up about like, oh, uh, save a straw, save a seagull, or save a something, or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. So the very first day that we go there, the very first place that we went to eat, they give you the paper straw. And I, I could see it because I've, I've experienced the paper straw before. And I can right. see that it's a bigger, you know, a bigger straw. I, it feels different. And I look at her and I go, paper straw? She goes, yeah. I go, you got a plastic one? And she goes, if you ask for it, I have to give you one. So I go, can I have a plastic straw, please? They have the plastic straws most places, but you have to ask for them. Oh, the secret is out. The secret is out. And then I just saw our good buddy DJ was telling you about a metal straw. (laughs) And I don't know. Is this the Lamborghini of straws that he's talking about? I'm just going to say, can't I just go to Lowe's and get a fucking pipe and suck juice through that? I have, like, hard plastic straws that, like, come in my old kids' sippy cups that I could just carry that around with me. You know what I mean? Right. Yep. That's what I want to be doing. Home washing straws so they can fall down my drain and clog up the the sink. Exactly. So, hopefully, Todd, uh, being that this at Wegmans is your first experience with a paper straw, I'm glad to hear 
that you did not uh, experience any paper straws when you went to go see Alice Cooper this past week. Right, there were no paper straws. Uh, had a great time, by the way. It was it was it was a fabulous time. Me, and my friend Greg, and his girlfriend Lisa. We ended up going up to Bethel Woods. I don't know if you have you ever been there for a show. Nope. Um, it's where the old where Woodstock was. I guess that's what I was told. But uh, they have a oh, beautiful. So you were like upstate New York way, huh? Yeah, it was about an hour and fifteen from from me. Oh, that's not bad. That's I'll, not upstate, but that's like New York. I gotcha. Right, because we go through uh, Honesdale and blah blah blah, and it, it's it was quick. It it wasn't bad. The only problem was going up. There was uh, like downpours, like downpours, and we were worried. But they went through quick, and then it was dry when we got there. I'll discuss that. And on the way, we're like, you know, everybody is going slow, and then we actually had to stop because there was an oversized load coming the other way. And it was like this big, like, oh, like long trailer with like a thousand tires and had this big square box on it. And we had to get off the road so it could go by. And then I'm like, and they're all like, oh, this sucks. This, this sucks that we got to sit here. We're, you know, we're, we're running behind. I'm like, you think that sucks? What if it was going the other way and we were behind it? And they're like, all right, we don't mind this so much, right? So we got down a little further, and the, and the storm stopped. And that's when we saw, because it's a lot of winding country roads, we saw the the ambulances and the cars, because the car that was on its roof that was driving in the pouring rain and just rolled like seven times. And I was like, all right, maybe we'll we'll take it slow around these these corners here. But uh, then we got to uh, Bethel Woods. And Bethel Woods is an amazing venue. Like, it's one of my... Now, favorite venues, very clean, very beautiful, like uh, like stone paths to get where you're going. It just doesn't seem like like overcrowded, the, like the way they have it set up. You're not people all you can come in several different ways. And uh, we ended up as you're going, you come in, you park and you go. And along the way, they have these pavilions, which are like these big. I call them uh, greenhouses because they're all glass on the sides and, and like a and, a, and just a roof and the door, the sides can open like a garage. So they're plexiglass or whatever. And inside one of them is a buffet. And my friend had decided, he's like, Hey, we got the tickets for an extra 30 bucks. There's a buffet. Do we want it? Do we want to not eat and go? And I was like, yeah, I, I've spent more on less. Let's, let's go. So we found you roll the dice sometimes in a, with the buffet. Right. But we're going to give it a try. I want, it's not the worst you know, idea. It's not like, it's also Bethel Woods. It's, it's not like we're going to like Joe's house of used clams. You know what I mean? Like, right. So it, we're like, eh, it's a nice venue. They've been there before. So I'm like, we'll go up and we'll try it. And we went up, we, we come to this place and the guy's like, can I help you? Like, this is a buffet for like the people who pay. Well, yeah, we got our tickets. He's like, can I see them? I said, yeah. He's like, okay. And he scanned them and he let us in and it wasn't packed at all. That was one of the things. I don't know if, cause we got there kind of kind of late because if you get the buffet you can go in the gate an hour early and eat but we got there as gates were opening and then they told us that the buffet would stop when the first shitty band started they didn't say that so much but like the first of the like the nobody band and we're like all right so we went and the food was amazing like that's the one thing like 30 and other people showed up and you could still buy it but it was 35 if you didn't get the pre-ticket you know what i mean Gotcha. Um, and it was it was great. They had a, a like a honey barbecue, Texas, a Texas honey barbecue chicken breast, which were like whole like whole chicken halves, pretty much almost. 
that. Then they had ribs. They had like a barbecue ribs. And they had a salmon, which was was really good. Then they had like bread salads, and you can make an antipasta because they had a meat tray there. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. They had a peppercorn uh, dressing that they had. And now that doesn't seem like a lot, but like the one thing that was is the guy, he was on top of the buffet. He was like, you know what? This has been sitting here a while. Get this out of here. Bring in, you know, fresh stuff, uh, that stuff and, you know, everything. And they had the big like containers. They didn't have booze for you, but they had all like soft drinks. They had like tea, water, lemonade. I forget, like juice in big, like, uh, the the big spigots like they have uh like a i don't know what it is like a container whatever like a pot and you could just take as much as you want and and there was bread and everything and i i was like if if i went up to bethel woods i recommend it and i would do it again they asked the guy they change the buffet each concert and then they usually have the buffet i don't know if they have it when you like um, like months in advance but as you get closer they usually have it up online, but we couldn't find it that week. They, and he said there was a problem or something like that. But I'd recommend it. I it was a, it was a, it was a great meal. Did you bring any uh, to like Tupperware containers with you to bring some stuff home? No, I should have though. They probably would have let you because they had a ton left over. Yeah, because that's I know we've mentioned this before, but that's the gimmick that uh, people will do when they get called in for agent work at World Wrestling Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, and the agent work, extra work, extra work is even sometimes if you don't get used for the show, uh, people in the past, maybe people that even work for the World Wrestling Entertainment already would bring like huge Tupperware containers and just bring like whole lobsters home and like a rack of ribs and all this other right. crazy stuff. Yeah. See, once you're in, you can't go back out to the car. I know you're ribbing me, but, uh, or, or I, no, no, I'm not ripping you. But like, oh. you know, you, you have like a little something or other. You know, you maybe have an ice pack in there or whatever. And... Mm-hmm. Um, because you're not allowed to bring too much into the. You have to have a clear bag if you're going to bring a bag. That's uh, the new rules. One of those things, huh? Right. You're only allowed so many ounces of liquor. Like I could bring a water in, or even uh, I guess it would be like a bottle of liquor, but at no glass. Like there's no glass in any of this stuff. So, uh, and stuff like that. But the one thing I do want to mention is they had, I'm thinking they were anyway, uh, homemade like cookies made there and they were delightful, Joe. They had fruit and cookies and they were all soft cookies. They had an, like an almond. I can't think of what it's called. Something like a macadamia cookie, uh, oatmeal raisin, chocolate chip and a peanut butter. And they were all soft and warm. And I was like, all right, all right. I don't care. We can get the buffet. I'll just eat. $30 $30 worth of cookies, and I'll be good. I'm a soft cookie man, baby. Uh, so I was going to say, if I if I knew better and was able to plan these things better in my life and didn't have a kid and all that jazz, Ringo, the Edgar Winter Band, and Blood, Sweat, and Tears are playing uh, at that venue this Friday. I was, I was actually going to tell you because I saw the Ringo Star Band, and I know how much a fan of the Ringo Star Band your wife is. Yeah. So I was like, I was actually going to get them in because they had some interesting John Fogarty's going to be there because pretty much we're getting more uh, close to uh, the end of concert season as you hit August because you're outside. You got to, you know, you get into November and uh, but they have uh, Gordon Lightfoot there. I say we go see the so we can see him play the uh, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald live. <laughs> 
But yeah, I it, like I said, that was all really good. And while you were there, you had your own bathroom, like a little like oh, but the, not the bathrooms, but the the porta potties, and they had a bar there, but. That was cash. You couldn't, you like, that wasn't part of the buffet. And that's where I ended up. I'm like, oh, you know what? You drove up. Let me buy you a beer. And he got, I bought him a Blue Moon and I got a pale ale from a local brewery and it was like $17 and then tip. And I was like, oh, the caps are off. I guess they're mine. You know what I mean? I was like, oh. So So you're decrying these two opening bands for poor Alice Cooper. No, no, I'm decrying the first opening band, which is the guy who, 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 because they're with Alice Cooper, have uh, party, shitty party city Halloween decorations. It's it's like, let me buy the, let me buy the $8 gargoyle and we'll put it on stage. You you know what I mean? It was like motionless in white or something was the name of the band. They weren't very good. Like I got as we were, we heard them as we were coming over the hill after we ate. And I sat down as like the end of the the couple of the last couple of songs. And I didn't, I was like, I didn't care for them, but they're probably like the local band that they just add uh, to like the lineup. Like they probably don't tour everywhere with them. I didn't care for them, but Hailstorm um, was, was pretty good. Like I, 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 they actually got it where I might go look into some of her her stuff. I I, I liked. Um, she could actually belt out like she was an amazing singer. Whether or not you like the style of music, you know. Right. Um. So, Alice himself. Yes. I know a friend of mine uh went to go see Alice Cooper a couple months ago and said the con like his performance from like. On stage to off stage was under like ninety minutes. That's yes. I wouldn't say under. I would say right at ninety minutes for us. Okay, because he came on at nine thirty, and he was off like at eleven ish. Like so, maybe like uh, if it's on, it's like a smidge, but it was close to an hour and a half solid. And I don't know. I think that's pretty good for a seventy-one, seventy-two year old man. Right, so a couple things I have, uh, to just remarks or questions or concerns, you know, you do with this information as you will. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Alice Cooper has worn some variation of makeup for the last 40 years, yep. it helps because now here he is 40 years later, and he looks more or less the same as he did then. Sure, because the whole point of the makeup was to give him sunken features. He has those features now. Right. But, go ahead. And then... Uh, I'm glad he went on at 930 because I think seeing Alice Cooper perform in natural light would be distressing. Oh, no. He looks amazing. No, 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 no. I don't need, okay, I don't need him personally in his physical appearance. Oh, you mean the ambiance of the show? The ambiance of an Alice Cooper show needs to be, like, in the dark. I get what you're saying. I thought you were saying he's ugly. Um, No, he's a lovely looking man. But yes, no, like the whole horror motif, you want uh, uh, you want him to to be in the dark. And yes, that's when it came. That was one of the cooler things because, like you know, it, the sun had gone down and it, the 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 weather was beautiful. It was a nice like sixty four, sixty three degrees with a light breeze. Now you think maybe that's cool for a summer night, but you also have to figure you're in a pavilion with like a thousand other people you know so that brings up the heat so it was really nice but him doing the show 
like in the dark, I had the, the, the horror. It had, you know, he ended up doing the guillotine. He ended up doing uh, like a set list that actually I was shocked by some of the songs that he did and didn't do. Um, but all in all, I was, I, I, I love the show. And the two people who went with me had never seen Alice. And I always, Oh, that's interesting. Yes. Cause I always praise, I always praise. Like, I'm like, you may not like Alice's music or style or his voice or whatever. I don't know. But, I always recommend if you get the chance, he's an interesting stage show. Like see him once because he was the guy, as far as I was concerned, who kickstarted the, like the true the- theatrics in, in concerts. You know what I mean? Right. Like other people might've done a little bit, but like he was the one who's like, you're going to get a show. And it's usually pretty cool because he has choreographed dancers. And in this one, which was actually cool. Do you know the song uh, dead babies, Joe? Yes. Which everybody thinks is about murdering babies, but it's not. It's about someone who doesn't watch their baby and they end up getting aspirin and they die from an overdose. And it's like, it's a cautionary tale. But he ends up doing the, the song and he's he's got like a, they bring out a baby in an in a old time, like creepy uh, carriage, baby carriage. And he's, he's playing with it. And these, these inter, uh, like uh, nurses come out and grab him and they take the baby off. And then later, like while he's singing the rest of the song, the the castle that's behind him, a thing opens, a little square, and you see like this big baby head in it. And you're like, oh, they have a TV screen there, and it's a bit, it's like the baby's head just like you know being all wacky, and then the wall just explodes, and out comes a ten foot baby, like you know those inflatable T Rex costumes. Yes. It's that, but a baby costume, and it has like the tat. It has tattoos of symbols from the front of the albums and everything, and it ends up. Uh, I think either it helped them do the guillotine on Alice, or they had just done the guillotine, and it was walking around with Alice's head and everything. And and I'm like nudging my friends because they have never seen it. And they're like, "All right, you were right. <laughs> like you get your money's worth. You know what I mean." Um, because like it was like a hundred bucks for the ticket, but we got decent seats, and they were like, you know what, he puts on a hell of a show, so I recommend it. So does he perform "Man Behind the Mask" from the Friday the Thirteenth Part Six Jason Lives film? He did not uh, do that song. Mm. That's an that's an unsung '80s hit. It is, it is. But he did do a song off. Um, cause that album is constrictor. Uh, he did the one, he did a song off raise your fist and yell, which was afterwards. I don't know how much you know about that album, but he did a song, uh, roses on white lace, which is a song about, uh, murdering a bride on her wedding day, which is, uh, blood drops look like roses on white lace. That's the lyrics. And he ends up coming out in a bloody shirt. And then his wife comes out in this kind of like. Uh, 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 who's the monster? The mother on the monsters. Uh, her really? First, uh, so she it looks like that, but like like a weird like rotting uh, wedding dress. But it's all like it starts to turn blood red from like the waist down, and she comes out with a candelabra, and she he's dancing, she's dancing, and he's following him, following her around with a knife. And I'm like, it's pretty cool. And I was shocked that he did something off "Raise Your Fist and Yell," which isn't like one of his bigger albums, but he, he did 18, which I expected. He did billion dollar babies, which I expected. He did, uh, schools out obviously. Um, but he did not do welcome to my nightmare. 
Interesting. Which actually shocked me because, like, if I was going to go, like, his biggest songs, it would probably be School's Out, 18, Poison, which he did do. All right. Uh, but Welcome My Nightmare would be in the top five, but he, he did not do it. Mostly an older crowd, I guess. You know what? It it was mixed. There was a lot of family there. Oh, really? Yes. Um, He had an album out as of last year, and then he does the thing with Johnny Depp and the Hollywood Vampires. Uh, he had an album two years or, or so ago, and he did one song off of there. But then he has the... He's relevant again with the Hollywood Vampires with Johnny Depp and and somebody else I forget who's with. They're like a supergroup thingy, and they do their own stuff. So I don't know. I think he's you know he's not what he's not what the, all the kids love, but I still think like he's he'll get all ages to come to a show. There was a lot of older people too, but like I said, it was funny to see people walking with like eight and ten year olds. You know what I mean? Right. That's pretty cool. Right. So I know I've mentioned this to you before, probably when we've discussed Alice Cooper on the show, the documentary that came out, came out about five, six years ago called Super Mensch, The Legend of Shep Gordon. Right. Shep Gordon, who was Alice's manager during the early years. Mm -hmm. And there's tons of great stories in the documentary. And then if you go and look up Shep Gordon, like on podcast, or just in interviews and stuff, he kind of tells some of, like, the greatest hit stories, because um, he, the Shep Gordon character, was manager for people like, uh, in the day, uh, Alice Cooper, Blondie, Teddy Pendergrass, Pink Floyd, people like that. Right. But he was friends with Alice Cooper. Like, that's, like, Alice was his first client, because mm -hmm. no other people would take Alice on, so... He says, how hard could being a manager be? <laughs> right. And that was the beginning of, you know, like you go and look up some of the stories and they're just crazy stories. And obviously you're the Alice Cooper fan. I just know these stories because like, I just like fascinating stories about people. Mm -hmm. And it was less the stage stuff, but it would be more so the stuff of like when Alice would come to town, the promotional machine would start like two days before the concert. Yep. Of like, Alice preparing, Alice doing this, making sure like him going on whatever appearance. Like there was one thing in London where they stayed, they attempted to stage a thing of him falling off one of the double decker buses mm -hmm. and the cops caught wind of it. And there was all this police presence around and like Alice still wanted to do it. And, you know, it was, a, it's a whole story about wanting to do all these things and like Shep eventually relenting. Mm -hmm. and giving in and just being like, I can't stop him. Like, I can stop him, but if I stop him, then I stop him. I get what you're saying. And it stops this train of whatever right. this is. Mm -hmm. Because, like, there's a lot of interesting stuff like that, like, that I know, like, he ended up having Alice naked on the side of, like, a truck in some kind. I think it was England. Um, like, you know, like, not painted, but, like, a picture put on there and he wasn't naked. There was something in front of his, you know, manly bits. Uh, but they ended up, it, they ended up faking having it break down in the middle of town. So it stopped traffic. Yeah. And here's this picture of naked Alice Cooper on the side of, of this truck. Like, yes, they, like as much as it was, he was a promotion machine and he was genius. But in that, that's what destroyed the, the original 
people don't realize that the first like couple albums, I'd have to go through them to get to number five or six of them. And then at the end, it was just like, hey, let's do a live show, a live album to to fill out our, our contract. They were called the Alice Cooper Group, and the band grew to hate Alice because of all that. Because the car would show up at the airport for you know the band, and the band would walk down the plane, and they'd go to get in the limo, and the fucking limo driver like, oh, this band, this car's for Alice Cooper, and they're like, we're we're in Alice, we don't fucking care. You're not Alice Cooper, and they end up throwing punches. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they're like, and it became and it went. I heard that it went to Alice's head, you know what I mean? And they ended up breaking up and he ended up getting the, the the name of Alice Cooper because he was, everybody thought he was Alice Cooper and they went off and it wasn't until a few years ago that they maybe, I don't, when I say a few with us, it's always like five or sl- slightly after that, they ended up getting the, everybody who was alive ended up getting back together and making like songs for the new album. But up to that, there was some bad blood. They went on to do uh, the literally, I think the name of their band was Billion Dollar Babies at that point. And they tried, they had one album. I have it. It was pretty good, but nothing came of it. And like, like I said, all because, you know, everybody equated Alice Cooper to the, the character Vincent Furnier. Furnier or Furnier, I'm not sure how to say his real name. Fournier. Yes. It's French. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I'm trying to think, did I have any other questions about the experience? You said your little friends had fun. Yeah, they did have fun. And now uh, the Summer You, I told the Summer You about it. And he wants to go to the next time I go because he wants to see him once before. He never did. And he's like, you you always talk about it. So I'm getting people on, I'm getting people on the trolley, Joe. Good. No I'm word on to- the ACDC tour? No word on the ACDC tour. Uh, mm-hmm. I, maybe I did tell you a little bit of this on the ACDC tour is the, all that stuff that they announced was all for the, like, they're not part of Vimo anymore. They have their own YouTube channel. And on the YouTube channel, they show a lot of uh, rare stuff that you couldn't get anywhere before. Maybe like on the DVDs you bought years ago and some stuff that I've never seen. So that's there. That's what the, the initial uh, uh, announcements were for. Um, and, and the 40th anniversary of Highway to Hell. But now the rumors are coming out that they, that they do have that album because they saw all of them at the recording studio where they recorded the last four albums like months and months and months ago coming outside for a smoke. So like, and other, other things that they are going to announce the tour and the new album closer to the fourth quarter of the year. So it can bump sales, the end of the year, it'll bump sales up uh, and you'll have sales for Christmas. Plus that'll lead in to a tour for officially the 40th anniversary of Back in Black, which is like their 17 times platinum album or whatever. So I think that's what they're going to kind of lean on for the tour. And Back in Black was a, a memorial album for... Uh, bon Scott who had died And this album is going to be a memorial For Malcolm Young Who died so it's kind of like It's kind of like poetry because it rhymes You know Is this just you on the ACDC dirt sheets Putting the yes, pieces is, together Yes and rumors and, and this is what other people are saying um, I do believe there's an album Because like I said uh, They kicked Brian Johnson The singer out of the band 
Like literally, it was kind of shitty. Like the guy who came on and they helped do the the biggest album they ever had, and then when he had the ear problems, they're like, I can't be on tour anymore. So they stopped the tour for a little bit while he was getting help. And when he called up and said, I can't, the doctor told me I'll go completely deaf unless I get it fixed or whatever they were going to do. And like three, four days later, all his shit was on the lawn of his front of front door from the tour. Like, here you go. You're out. If you can't do it, we're going to get somebody else. And he's like, well, I can get, maybe get this fixed and we'll see. And they're like, yeah, call, call us, call us when you do. And he ended up getting it fixed. So, and he actually did a few concerts with other people, like just walking on and like, look, I can. So I, I, I don't know. I was surprised that he came back. So if he's, if he's back, if he's hanging out with them in a studio after all that, there's money involved. You know? Of course. Yeah. So they don't want to leave anything on the table, you know? They're smart. These old timers, and I say old timers, of course, your Alice Coopers, your Kiss, your ACDCs, your people like that. Mm-hmm. They're businessmen first and musicians second. Yeah, I, I when any I ever talk about that, I tell the story of uh, Malcolm, who was the, the the rhythm guitarist, and he was the genius behind it because uh, Angus, he was like, just let me have my guitar, I'll write the riffs, and I don't want anything else to do with it, not the lyrics. Not, I just like playing my guitar. Like he never drank, he said, so he just liked his cigarettes and his tea, and he'd play. And Malcolm was the like the the genius behind like it's my way or the highway but it was always successful and they only got bigger but the the young family of Alcus, a, a, angus and malcolm was huge like they had 11 brothers in the family and it ran the, the gauntlet of like literally there was a like a 20 year gap between the youngest or maybe even older uh like between the first kid and the last kid and the first uh, young had an actual music career in the sixties and they had a big, they had like a big hit, a big album. And he, he ended up like, yeah, this is great, but I don't like what I did there. I did there. So I'm going to change it up. I'm going to do something completely different from the second album. And it tanked and it tanked. And when the time came for like two or three of the ACDC albums, like hit big, the older brother came and said, don't fucking change your thing. Don't change a goddamn thing. You're making money. And uh, Mal- that was Malcolm's motto. So much that, like, when when they told Angus, is like, hey, like, there's rumors, like, not rumors, like, a lot of people say that you made 11 albums that sound exactly alike. And Angus was like, that's a goddamn lie. We made 12 albums that sound exactly alike. There you go. Don't forget about the one we just made. And I'm like, I can respect that. Yeah. I can respect that. Well, if you're going to say what you are, I, I have no problem with it. It's the same way. One last thing about Alice Cooper. Like everybody talks about Alice Cooper. Oh, like he did the show and his music. Like some people are like, his songs aren't that deep or great. Alice literally said, when I started this band with my high school buddies, it was all to drink, party, and get laid. That's what we wanted. And make money. And Eh, that's fourth on the list by the way right yeah in the end he ended up meeting his wife and stayed faithful to her for like 30 years see that in rock and roll you know what i mean but so that's i i respect it's like hey i'm out here to have fun and as long as he's and make money and as long as he's doing that keep going so it was a good time all right so i'd say this is a show yeah, it was probably super long. I didn't even look at the clock at one time, Joe. Good, I'm glad. Because I got you talking about things you like to talk about. I was going to bring up 
uh, the rumor and innuendo that I heard that you were watching professional wrestling this past weekend. I was watching the Scott Snyder Joker wrestle. <laughs> I went over to drop something off and I got about, about, I don't know, an hour and a half, maybe, maybe, maybe longer of wrestling. I did see like, and your boy, your boy, your, your co-host asked me what I thought. He was like, cause they had the, the vignettes up to it. And I'm like, does nothing for me. The whole Firefly Funhouse. I don't get Aww. it. I don't get it one bit. So it's not for you. Yeah, maybe I had to see it build up, but I was like, this isn't funny. This isn't, I don't know what they're trying to do here. And then when he came out in the, and all I could see is the Scott Snyder Joker, like the face pulled over. Uh, that's first all of all, The Fiend is a totally original creation mm-hmm. made by Tom Savini's special effects shop. That's what he told uh, me. With no inspiration from uh, any sort of previously printed materials or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, all rights reserved, patent pending, patent pending. And uh, I'm just going to say a few things about that match. It must have been, as, as an announcer, I felt sorry for everybody who had to go f- Finn and then The Fiend. I would have been on the Fs. I would have been all messed up. And two, boy, Finn really fills out those white tights. That's all I'm going to mm. say. My boy. <laughs> there you go. Mm. I saw other matches. I, I, don't, I don't remember, but that's what, that's what jumped out at me. Finn's hog jumped out at you? Yes. <laughs> yes. Finn, um, Finn really getting, getting down to it, if you know what I mean. All right. Everyone, thank you very much for listening to Longbox Heroes After Dark 247. Of course, maybe you're listening to this early because you're a Patreon member. Five bucks a month is going to get you uh, After Dark two days early. Uh, past everyone else, of course, longboxheroes.com, whether you go to the store or whether you uh, click on the Amazon banner across the top of the page. Oh, Todd, we had a scare this this past week. Um, recording add-ons of the wrestling, and then the next day, there was something going on with the Amazon affiliate links, mm-hmm. where instead of the Amazon banner over on our page, and every page, it was um, like a gray thing that just said, like, our website doesn't work. Oh, boy. So, like, if you type in what our link is... Which is like Amazon, you know, blah 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 backslash Longbox Hero, whatever, whatever. Right. That would work, but the actual link itself was broken. Oh, and it wasn't. I thought it was just us, and then I went to Amazon themselves. And when you go to Amazon to look at the code, mm-hmm. the code was all messed up. And then I went to like Podvocacy, even though their like thing doesn't work anymore, and a couple of the websites that I know that have it like embedded on their site. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't working there. So I'm like, okay, there's an Amazon problem. Is it a hanky code that was going wrong? or I don't know what you mean by that. I don't know. You said code. So the only code I know is hanky code. Gotcha. 